Um, I, I, I just repeated that I don't know if I'm like this or not. So I have to think about it. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. I'm just thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm really panicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the problem with not visually seeing each other. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Stephanie. And you're listening to 30 Seconds to the Left. This is a podcast where we, two ex-housemates who both live in Germany, discuss our media and entertainment consumption of recent weeks, both sharing and critiquing our choices, and considering whether we have been spending our time and attention wisely. Hello everyone and welcome back to 30 Seconds to the Left. Stephanie and Teresa here back with you. Now, in case you didn't notice, because we don't always upload these when we record them, Teresa and I have actually not spoken to each other about our topics in a little over a month. Is that right, Teresa? I think so, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, so I think the last pod we recorded was probably late August and it's now early November. Mm. All right, so as we haven't chatted about our uh, consumption habits in a little over a month, we're not going to do a theme this week. We're just going to recap about a month and a half's worth of consumption of TV shows, movies, books, and podcasts instead of going with a theme. And so let's just go through the categories. Yeah, Teresa? Yes. Wonderful. So let's start with television. Thing. What have you been up to? Mm, I have to think really hard. What, you haven't watched much at all? Yeah, um, well, uni. Uni. <laughs> uni. Uni started again and my life has just stopped, but I have actually a seminar where we have to watch a series. And the first series we have to watch is Avatar, The Last Airbender. Have you heard about that? Uh, I mean, I've heard the name. Is that a, I feel like it's a cartoon. Am I wrong? No, it, you're right. <laughs> yes, um, yes, pop culture <laughs> knowledge for the win. Uh, it's, well, I think it's called anime. Oh, yeah. And I have seen the first 10 episodes. There are 20, and I have to finish, I think, next week. And then we go on to the next uh, series. So that's pretty cool, but also a lot to watch. You're being required to watch anime for your studies. Oh, God, I was required to read big, fat, boring chemistry textbooks. I chose the wrong field. I think you did. I think you really did. Um, it's quite fun, but we also have to read a lot, so don't be fooled. Okay. <laughs> Just to put it in perspective. I like this anime. I have seen it before on television when it aired. I don't know when that was. It's good to have homework like that. <laughs> All right. And what are you watching after that? Is it? Are you doing like a whole anime thing? or? No, um, Sons of Anarchy, The Walking Dead, The Wire. These are things that I've heard of and I've heard are good, but I have not actually watched. So I looked up Avatar The Last Airbender, was done from 2005 to 2008, and as you described it, I remembered that uh, I was chatting to a friend just a week ago, we've been watching anime together online, and he was telling me about this exact show and recommending it to me, and I think he even showed me a clip of it, and I totally oh. forgot. If he hears this, he's gonna reprimand me for not listening to him <laughs> and being a bad friend. <laughs> But you should watch it. I know you like anime, so... I do. I do like anime. And on that topic, I've also been watching anime recently. As I said, my friend and I have been watching it online together. So we've started watching TV together via Discord. He was in Canada, 
and I live in Germany, so fair way away, but at the moment only five hours apart in time, so it's not too difficult. And um, this came about simply because we were chatting and we had those, you know, those conversations you have with people where you mention a TV show that you like and they go, oh yeah, that's excellent. And then they mention something they like and you go, oh yeah, that's excellent. You find out that you just have really similar tastes. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> someone says, oh, and do you like this such and such a thing? And the other person goes, no, I've never seen it. And then you end up with this, oh, we have to watch that. I have to show you that. And so we've ended up with a list of TV shows and movies that we have to show each other. So we've started going through them via Discord. He got the first pick. And his first pick was My Hero Academia, which is a Japanese anime, and we watch it in Japanese with English subtitles. Oh, right. It comes from a manga, which is, in case anyone doesn't know, the written form of Japanese graphic art, whereas anime is the video form, basically. So it was originally a manga, and it's still being written. So it's one of those things where the TV shows are being produced while the original written work is still being produced. Mm. I don't know if it's having the same Game of Thrones problem where it might be catching up. Oh, it has. That's right. So so the manga is um, understandably produced slower than the TV show. Is the TV show is up to date with where the manga is, even though it started later than the manga. It caught up. So they're now having to wait. What what genre is this? I have never heard of this before. Oh, okay. But to be perfectly honest, I think it's a little bit trashy, though it is super popular. So I might get into trouble for saying that. But it's fun. It's fun in that kind of ridiculous way. It's the concept is it's a, a world where there's superpowers and they're genetic based and almost everyone in the world has them and you inherit them from your parents. Uh, you know, they kind of genetic mutation turn up sort of thing. But almost everyone has them. And understandably, some people use their uh, powers to commit crimes. And because this is going to be how humans behave, then a bunch of people said, well, can I use my powers to you know, do police work, basically. And they became an official job, and they called it a hero. So heroes are officially allowed to fight crime using their powers, is the concept. And it revolves around a high school that trains heroes, and a particular group of students in that high school, an entire class, in fact, and it just follows their progression. But there's one main character who... Uh, you meet at the very beginning who desperately wants to be a hero and he becomes one and you kind of experience his progression throughout the school and the training and all the crazy events that happened to him and his friends. That's the concept. It sounds so cool. Really? <laughs> why do you think, yeah, why, why, why is it trashy for you? I don't know. I think it's just like the, the typical high school student thing. Like I've outgrown uh -huh. that maybe. Okay. You know, it just... Because it's stereotypical high school drama, right? And it's all these OP, sorry, OP is, uh, do you know what that stands for, Teresa? <clears throat> OP. Oh. You use it to describe a character or a figure or a player or a, it's used in gaming as well. Um, OP stands original for. Original poster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in the internet, yes, I think that is. Yeah. That is what that can be used for. But if you're talking about a character in a movie, specifically an anime or a game, it means overpowered. Uh, so it means, ah, that, okay. you know, most people have a, you know, an average kind of level and they're relatively comparable. And every now and again, there's a character that for some reason just has way more power than everyone else. And, you know, they're OP. Ah, okay. There's some, uh, hmm, some knowledge I didn't have before. But yeah, and so, it, you know, OP children is weird. 
Okay. It feels a bit trashy. I don't know why. How far along are you? So we finished the entire TV series oh. that has been made so far a couple of weeks ago. Because of the style, the students are a little over-emotional about quite a lot of things, just constantly, which I think is maybe what also makes it a little bit trashy for me. Like they're constantly having like giant hissy fit rages or bursting into tears at the drop of a hat, just hyper-emotional all of the time. And you know, that's not exactly my style, right? So, <laughs> but over time, you know, there's character development and there's plot development and there's relationships being formed between characters and then there's history between the characters and I've kind of become attached to them now and it's a bit sad now because <laughs> there isn't any. I have actually told my friend that I will go online and I will actually purchase a subscription to the manga. So you're going to start reading it? As it's being made, yes. What did you recommend to your friend? So what are you watching um, yeah, now? So exactly. Once we've finished My Hero Academia, although we will have to come back to it, We got mm -hmm. to my pick, which was next. And my pick was also a cartoon, which is on Netflix, and it's called Big Mouth. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have different interests. That's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no idea. All right, so it's an American sitcom. This is very different from anime. Uh, I think it's done two seasons now, and I think the third season is coming out near the end of this year, if I'm correct, but I can check that later. Um, it, again, now, funnily enough, it again revolves around high school students, but it is set very much in reality, and it's attempting to kind of explore puberty, basically. So it really goes where a lot of other teenage, you know, centric shows do not go at all. And it goes into everything you can possibly think of that would be messy or confusing or very much not politically correct. So just imagine everything you could think of or discuss or show or demonstrate that isn't actually genitalia, right? <laughs> it is still directed <laughs> at um, teenagers and it goes into that detail. And it's a comedy, right? So they're just having a lot of fun. It's a little exaggerated at times for humor and it has a kind of a fantasy element to it, which is hilarious. Wow. Because I'll just give you something that you'll learn in the first episode. I won't give you later details, but there's a, a character called the Hormone Monster. And so it's literally like a monster personification of the one of the main teenage boy character's hormone desires, if you will. And so it's this character that follows him around and clearly only he can see and speak with and who talks just like a normal kind of person but looks like a kind of monster creature. And it, the way it talks, it expresses these kind of like impulsive, ridiculous, super hyper-hormonal desires. And it's hilarious and very, very not politically correct sometimes <laughs> like sometimes the, the character says things and you're like oh are you allowed to i mean i know this is netflix and not television but i'm still surprised you're allowed to talk about that or show that or use that language that's crazy wow oh my it sounds like a lot <laughs> i mean they, they do go a lot into actual you know just generic relationships as well so you know students being awkward with each other and you know do, does he like me does she like me kind of thing have you seen this before so i've already seen this i've already seen the two seasons oh, okay. that are out and i'm showing this to him and i was bang on the money he loves it we both understand each other's tastes very well i think yeah it seems like it doesn't happen a lot yeah i think we have a list at the moment of like i don't know seven television shows and eight movies and it's gonna take a while yeah when did you start beginning of august i think no i think we started in july even And do you have a rhythm, like every Friday or every Saturday you sit together? Well, virtually. For a couple of months, it was Friday evening. 
Um, mm. It was really good because we're, we're both, uh, you know, moderate alcohol drinkers. So we'd sit down in front of our respective computers or TV screens with, you know, a bunch of snacks, a bottle of wine or a gin and tonic. And then we just sit there and we're using Discord. It's really good because do you know what Discord is? I, I do. Do you use it for anything? No, I think it's um, not really user friendly. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was, when I had to use it, I was very confused. I think it's very specified for the type of thing you're doing. So it's super good for sharing what you're doing on a screen with other people in a way that they can then interact with you and the thing you're doing on the screen. So one of us shares our screen of whatever we're watching. So for example, the moment I open Netflix in a browser and I share that screen. And then I've got my video on at the same time and he has his video and audio on. So we're looking at each other and we're chatting to each other, but at the same time we're watching a screen where the same thing is happening. Hmm, okay. It is designed actually predominantly for gaming where people yes. can watch each other playing online video games and play with each other, I assume. Yeah, I just tried to do a group chat or like a group video call and it totally failed. That yeah. was my first experience with it and, and I was like, okay. <laughs> no, I don't think it's great for that. Um, but yeah, so I really like that platform in doing that, to being able to share watching something with someone at the same time is actually quite nice. It's a shared experience and I feel like we're kind of lacking those a little bit nowadays. Yeah, that's actually um, in one of my other se seminars, we were talking about the decline of cinema and um, had quite a discussion if cinema would... Uh, die essentially and what people mentioned was that the experience of watching something with another person is so important um, that it probably will help to conserve cinema in one way or another i had this really strange craving just a week ago i really just wanted to go to the movies with someone you know go to the mm. location buy the tickets get some overpriced food sit down in big chairs in a large room I didn't used to go to the cinema very often prior to lockdown, like maybe once a year, maybe twice, even it, and then even then most of the times I would be invited and I'd go just because that person invited me and I like spending time with that person. Like I didn't necessarily go because I heard that that film was out. I was like, oh, I have to go, you know. Mm -hmm. But I just had oh. that experience recently. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, I have been to the cinema um, this year once. Um, and, well, of course, with a lot of precautions and... Um, oh, as in sometime made... in the last few months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when the cinemas were allowed to open again, my friend and I, we went to see Tenant. Have you heard of that? Tenant? No. Mm -hmm. German? English? American? Um, American. Okay. Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> not his best movie. Um, but uh, yeah, we went there and um, it was such a weird experience just because of um, like social distancing and wearing masks. Obviously we could take the masks off when we were seated, but once we were in our seats, the, um, the worker of the cinema, I don't know what you call that. Um, uh, we call them ushers, the cinema ushers. Usher. Ah, all right. Um, so the usher noted where we were sitting and we were not allowed to change seats anymore. Oh. Um, 
And of course, we had to leave um, quite some distance to the next person. Mm. Yeah. But it worked. I mean, we could go and I think everything went fine. <laughs> but of course, now they're also closed again. Oh, yeah. One of the things I do love about watching TV with someone via Discord as opposed to in a cinema is that we can comment. Like, we can say mm. things when something's like, oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, what? And we can pause. Every now and again, we pause. And we're like, what did that mean? What did that? Did you see that? Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Wait, go back 10 seconds. I want to hear that again. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Fun. That's quite an advantage. Yeah. Also, because... Every time I go to the cinema, right in the middle of it, I have to pee. Oh, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But since I am kind of living my life online now, when I'm Skyping with someone, like when I Skype with my best friend, mm -hmm. I had the urge to press pause while she was talking so I could go to the <laughs> toilet. And then I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Can you yeah. stop for a moment? I need to, I need to pee. My brain is really wired now. Everything just pause, pause. Like I'm not, my brain thinks I'm not actively participating, apparently. That's hilarious. Wow. I wonder if anyone else has that effect. I've, I'm sorry, I've never had that. I've never thought <laughs> I want to pause this person speaking to me. That is not something that has happened to me yet. I want to know if anyone else, if that's happened to anyone else. That would be amazing. Oh, I hope so. Otherwise, it's me. <laughs> that would also be amazing. On the one hand, it's fine. You're normal. On the other hand, you're unique. It's a win-win. Yeah, oh, fine. <laughs> but I don't need to be unique in that way. <laughs> All right, so that's um, TV shows. What about movies? I've seen quite a few Quentin Tarantino movies because, again, I am participating um, in a seminar where we are discussing Quentin Tarantino. And since I had not watched every movie of his, I did in preparation for the course. Pulp Fiction, it, it didn't hit the spot for me. Is this the first time you've seen Pulp Fiction? It is the first time, yes. I know you're younger than me, but damn. I have some gaps when it comes to movies. When I was a bookseller and people asked me, oh, have you read that book? And I had to say no. They were really offended. But come on, there are so many books. Also, there are so many movies. How could yeah. I ever be up to date with it? No. So I just want to push that pressure away from me. So I have not seen Pulp Fiction before, but now I have. And um, it, well, like I said, uh, I don't know why it's so great. Something that I always think of in terms of films, especially films that are classic and a little bit older is that you have to consider what films had existed up until that point like maybe yeah. if it were now it would be you know maybe not as spectacular but if it was the first of its kind to have that style or that whatever then maybe that's exactly what makes it amazing yeah so the the style of the movie the narration was quite unique for that time but um, when I read the critics, some people said, wow, I've just watched it for the first time and it's amazing. I don't know, maybe I wasn't in the right mood. I think that makes a big difference. Totally. Um, and also I didn't watch it in the original, so I watched it German dubbed. And maybe that took away some of the humor. So maybe that's it. Why did you watch a German dub? Your English is excellent. Because I watched it with my parents. All oh, right. Yeah, well, okay. That totally makes sense. My favorite Tarantino film is Reservoir Dogs. Oh, his first. Did not know that was his first, but yeah, 
That's actually my favorite. Why? I think it's interesting the way it's done. Like it's it's I like things that are quite unique. You know this about me. Um, and, <laughs> you know where it's set and the characters that exist and the way it progresses and some of the shots and the music choices. I mean, a lot of that is just generic Tarantino style. Like when you watch any Tarantino film, a lot of the certain shots and music choices are particularly you know Tarantino-esque and therefore you like them mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know it's just something curiously unique about that exact progression and I think as a story it's really quite well-rounded and clever well did you know that it is a remake I did not what I did not know that that was a remake yeah, well, <laughs> from something I learned in the seminar. I would have to look up. I don't have my notes. Well, I'll look it up. I have the internet. Yeah, well, <laughs> me too. I'm just Googling Quentin Tarantino. I think it was Japanese. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not thinking of another? No, no, no. Wait a second, I'm gonna get my notes. Okay, maybe I should not say it's a remake, it's a pastiche. What? Do you know what a pastiche? Okay. <laughs> it's, well, I don't know how to explain it. It's okay, Google does. Pastiche is an artistic work in a style that imitates that of another work, artist, or period. So it's a work done to imitate someone else's mm-hmm. style. Um, so he's imitating the style of probably another filmmaker then. I don't know if it's just a style. What I wrote down in brackets, copy, but not like the original, if that makes sense. Mm. So well, um, it's not a remake, just to clar- clarify. Yeah. But it's also not completely independent work. He specifically mentioned a Japanese film and I didn't put down the title. (laughs) Now I confused you. No, no, no. It's just that I, well, you know me, I have a scientific mind. So if someone makes a claim that this is a thing, then I want to verify that before I believe it. Like, (laughs) yeah, of course, of course, my goodness. I mean, let's face it, if you're good, if anything exists and someone has made a claim about it before, you're probably going to find it on the internet. So I'm just interested that I don't find any reference whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Go back to your professor and ask them to give you references. If they can't, then tell them that they're doing a bad job. (laughs) No, no, he's quite a good one. How would you know? You're a novice. You don't know anything. Well, I'm going to go on a Google search, on a deep Google search. But why? You're paying the university lots of money. They deserve to give you direct answers. You should just email your professor and ask. All right, I could also do that. <laughs> and then you can come back and tell me on the pod in a couple of weeks. <laughs> what I wanted to say is Death Proof, also a film by Quentin Tarantino. Have you seen that one? Have I seen that one? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. You'd have to remind me of the plot a little bit. Well, a serial killer that goes after woman, women and um, kills them with his car. Okay, I'm pretty sure I've not seen that. I may have seen it and just forgotten all details because it didn't have any compelling narrative or something. Well, what I wanted to say was that if you look on, on the internet or YouTube and people rank their, um, 
their favorite Quentin Tarantino movies, this one is always on the bottom. And I really liked it. Hmm. So I'm again going against <laughs> against mainstream, and that is not me, really. That's weird. I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> well, probably I was in the right mood to watch it. No, I don't know. This is sounding like a trend. This is sounding like a you versus the general public in reference to Tarantino. Is <laughs> you're a bit of a lone wolf here? I think could be. Yeah. Because I have a strong feeling that I've seen it. And I found it entirely unmemorable. Yeah, yeah. It was made a while ago, so I think I can give spoilers. Yeah, sure, go for it. Anyone who still hasn't seen Death Proof and doesn't want spoilers, skip the next, like, four minutes. Go. So what made me really happy in this movie was the ending, or, like, the the second half of the movie. Because after he killed the women we got to know in the first half, he went after... A group of friends in the second half and he did not succeed and they hunted him down and killed him and it was so satisfying <laughs> i cheered them on oh my goodness and i'm not a violent person but the cart dude <laughs> the killer the bad guy sure the bad guy the antagonist if you want to use fancy words hmm. or is it the protagonist now i don't know If the main character is a bad person, are they still the protagonist of the film or are they the antagonist? That's a good question. I don't know. There you go. You, you, can, you can have a whole email full of questions sent to a professor. <laughs> um, Add that to the list. I want to know that next time as well. Well, the antagonist, I don't think he's the protagonist in the story. He, of course, was, was painted in bad colors, so it was even more fulfilling and Seeing him kill the women um, in the first half was disturbing. And then having the girls take revenge on them. Oh, my. Woman power felt great. <laughs> That's why I liked it. Also, the cast was, of course, primarily women mm -hmm. and also very diverse. And that's points. Although, I have to say... Um, some things were not political, political correct in this movie. Okay. Just to have that on record. <laughs> But sometimes I'm even surprised when I don't like something. Do you have that? That when you read um, or when you watch the trailer or when you read the blurb of a book and you think, wow, yeah, probably totally up my alley and then nope. <laughs> to be honest, I find I'm rarely disappointed. Hmm. I think the only time that I experience great disappointment is when I discover that what was in the trailer is pretty much every main thing that happens in the film. And I'm like, well, okay. Agreed. I don't know why they do that, because no one likes that. <laughs> because they don't care. They only care that you watch the film, which means you will watch the oh. film. They don't care what you think afterwards. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Shall we progress? Have you seen The Social Dilemma? That's a film, yeah? Yeah, it's a, it's a film on Netflix about the social media stuff and disconnecting and connecting and what happens to our data. Did you tell me to watch that last time and I forgot? Yes. <laughs> Then no, I haven't. <laughs> All right. I'll put that, I'm going to write that down. Yes, write it down, write it down. Put it on this list. Watch The Social Dilemma. I go through phases. There are phases where I don't watch any TV or movies for ages. And then phases where I get into that kind of heavily. And right now I'm in a very much a TV movie watching phase. So that's good. 
Mm. Like it doesn't even matter about the the exact like uh, style mostly. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm in a TV watching movie phase. It it doesn't matter. You can show me drama. You can show me comedy. You can show me thriller or anything. I will enjoy it. I don't know if anyone else is like that. Probably not. Okay, so it's probably the um, getting hooked on something and then binge watching it when it's TV series. Yes, but um. For movies, it's also the same. Like, so if I'm in a mood to sit down on my couch like a lump and just experience, <laughs> I think it's it's the like sometimes I want to experience narrative in a fictionalized setting, and so sometimes I just the concept of experiencing fiction doesn't appeal to me sometimes. I don't know if I have that in the way you have. Really? Let's face it. You're studying film. And TV, so you would imagine that you are have that as a constant interest, not as an occasional interest. Like there's no way I would ever study film or TV or get into that industry at all. Just no. Yeah, well, I'm studying it, but also sometimes my brain is just overloaded. Like then I need a week where, or maybe like a few days where I don't watch anything. Also, with not leaving this room. I am in this room, sleeping here, eating here, studying here, talking to you, whatever. Um, there are no new surroundings that help me remember stuff that I'm seeing. Do you know what I mean? No. That's interesting to me. No. What? Oh. Okay. Why, why would your surrounding affect whether or not you remember what's on a screen? Because new surroundings or new circumstances, like having a friend with you or something... Uh, I have a sentence in, in my head and I want to translate it, but I don't have the vocabulary, so. You can try giving it to me in German if you want and I can help you with the vocab. Die Situation mm-hmm. <laughs> hebt sich von anderen Situationen ab, um, weil eine neue, etwas, ein neuer Reins gegeben wird für mein Gehirn, an dem ich etwas, an dem ich Erinnerung festmachen kann. Oh. It's like your, uh, your, uh, your memory is forming connections with other things yeah which is a well-established phenomenon yeah sure i'm not saying this is unique i'm just um yes you said you didn't know what i meant and i'm just trying to explain yeah i guess it's just interesting i mean sure i understand what you mean and that other things in your surrounding will then link to the thing you're doing and your memory will be enhanced by those other things the connections that you formed there but i guess for me when i'm watching something on a screen like where i'm sitting is kind of irrelevant like i've never connected the two mm. i can remember where i've seen some things i can remember when i was you know maybe what i watched in a theater and what i watched but even then no sometimes i can't even remember who i watched things with or if i saw them in the cinema or not yeah I can emerge myself into the movie when I'm home alone or when I'm watching it with friends. That's not the issue. But um, if I have like a week where every evening I sit in my bed and just watch a movie and it's like a routine, it just, the reception gets more difficult for me. Uh, the, the recollection, you mean, like the retention, remembering what it was or what happened. Is that what you mean? Remembering what I saw is an issue. You mean if you've seen it or not, or what was in it? Yeah, what happened. Okay. Um, what happened in a movie. Because everything gets redundant, kind of, and I 
have trouble paying attention. So I'm not even taking it in in the first place after like three movies in a row, like on different days, of course, but it gets harder to take everything in. So I'm, I notice that I space out more easily. You're saying that if you were to watch three movies at three days in a row, but one of them you watched at your friend's place, and one of them you watched at home in bed, and one of them you watched out in a cinema, you would remember the contents of those films better than exactly the same thing where you watched all three films at home in your bed. I don't know about the number, but to make it more easy, yes, I think so. Huh, I find that interesting. I think for me, it's just the amount of information within a given amount of time. Hmm. So if I watch one film a day, I'm going to forget most of it. If I watch one film a week, I'm going to remember most of it. Yeah, okay. It's the same way if I read a book and I read just a few pages every few days, I'm going to remember that book much better than if I read the whole thing in two days. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where I'm reading. Okay, I do understand. And I think that's also an issue with information overload. So I think that's the problem my brain is having. But I think I just help myself or my brain if I do something differently and then it's maybe easier to take in all the information, even if I have so much information coming in. I think that's just a mechanism to help myself because sometimes when I'm just watching a lot and I had that when, um, when I was watching TV with commercial breaks, like actual TV, and they would repeat the scene that happened before the commercial, after the commercial. Yeah. And sometimes I noticed that I did not notice they were saying that or saying this, and I thought I had paid attention. So I think I get affected with overstimulation easily. Super interesting. Um, Now we were going to talk about YouTube books and podcasts as well. Is there any yeah. particular highlight from that list for you? Um, well, podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, predominantly Potterless mm-hmm. and The Earth Locker. Two, um, what's The Earth Locker? Yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast about how to become a better earthling. So it involves diet and health and meditation and looking at the world differently. And they are a group of guys so the two from umbrella academy tom hopper and robert sheehan and their friend he has a name but i just don't can't recall it right now yeah i'm sorry i feel bad something with a b i think brian we just look it up right now byron no it's byron ha it's byron um he's not an actor and they invite experts every episode and they talk about about their field. Yeah, it's very informative, very interesting, and I would recommend it. Nice, maybe I'll check it out. Yes, do it. Then we can talk about it. So write it down. (laughs) All right, what was the name? (laughs) The Earth Locker. The Earth Locker. Yes. I mean, to be honest, sometimes these self-help, you know, how to be a better human being things are a little bit too preachy for my liking, but I'll try it. The thing I've been uh, enjoying out of that YouTube books podcast list the most is a YouTube series called Taskmaster. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. In fact, I'm, I'm very incorrect in calling it a YouTube series. It is an English uh, game panel show that is 
obviously in England on regular TV because they clearly have ad breaks, but the show's creators and I guess the uh, production company is wonderfully putting every single episode on YouTube. I think maybe a month or two or three after it's been shown on television. So you can watch the entire, uh, every episode in its full length. They even have the like, and now we're going to a commercial break sections. <laughs> you don't, they don't have the commercials, obviously. But anyway, it's uh, one of those like panel game shows where there's a host and there are five contestants and they are all stand-up comedians or mm. some sort of comedian. There are two hosts and one of the hosts has the nickname of the Taskmaster. He plays this character, this figure of like some person who's in charge of a, a, this house and people have to compete to win his approval and then they get a trophy at the end if they win. And the game is just that they are given a series of tasks over the course of several months, obviously. And each person is given the same task and then they all see how they do the task and then he ranks them at the end of each task. So each episode has the taskmaster and his sidekick, who is the one who actually created the show and devises the tasks and does most of the work. And the sidekick has spent a couple of months with each of these uh, comedians. So they meet in real life and they have to do certain things. Like, I don't know, they're given a range of different balls and they have to pick one up and throw it into a bucket that's three meters away. And whoever does it the fastest wins, but they have to be standing exactly three meters away or something. They're more obscure and very strange than that. And it's a comedy show. And then you f they're filmed while they're doing this. And then we watch the videos back. And then the taskmaster on the spot then ranks them all based on how well they did. And each episode you see about four tasks, I think. And it's utterly hilarious because... <laughs> It's just, sometimes they're asked to do really stupid things. Sometimes they're asked to do really clever things. Sometimes it's simple and straightforward. Sometimes it's really weird. And they're all comedians, so they, you know, don't mind making a fool of themselves, which is excellent. And the two hosts are also comedians, so they join in the fun as well. And it's, you know, got the very English tongue-in-cheek style humor. And they're on season 10 now, I think. It's, oh. I highly, so if you bet, you can backwatch every season every episode i think there's between six and ten episodes per season and they're absolutely hilarious so that's what i've been enjoying significantly in that category i thoroughly recommend the taskmaster if you like a little bit of silly but light-hearted and easygoing i mean you can't see me but i'm smiling a lot <laughs> it sounds really nice i'll send you a link okay okay send me a link Yes, I need comedy and fun. Yeah, if you're watching a little bit too much uh, Tarantino, you can uh, <laughs> flick across yeah. to this. <laughs> no more killing, please. <laughs> There's no killing on this show, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> All right, well, um, we've, we ha we've definitely not covered everything we've done the last couple of months, but I think that's probably enough. Yeah, I think it's enough. <laughs> So we've got some stuff to, uh, that we've recommended to each other. Again, if anyone listening has anything they wish to recommend that sounds like we might like, please let us know. Otherwise, thank you very much, Teresa. Thank you very much, Steph. And I guess I'll see you next time. If you don't see me, you hear me. <laughs> <laughs> True. I will hear you next time. The precision of the Germans, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Bye-bye.
You are listening to 30 Seconds to the Left, a podcast hosted by Stephanie and Teresa. Music by Posey Royale with the track Little Posey. Um, I, ich wollte noch, I just wanted to add. Yeah. Did you know it's Friday the 13th today? I know. Friday the 13th, 2020. Just, yeah.